part of Double P Media, doublepmedia.com. Spoiler alert, when this podcast talks about the books of his dark materials, it does so in the context of the most recent book. And when it talks about the television show on the BBC and HBO, it does so in the context of the most recent episode. You've been warned. You're listening to The Dust, a His Dark Materials podcast. Season one finale, season one finale, season one finale. That's what we're watching. Or if you prefer, series one finale, series one finale, series one finale. Welcome to the Dust Podcast. We are watching the season one or series one, if you prefer, finale entitled Betrayal. Season one or series one, episode eight, written by Jack Thorne, directed by Jamie Childs, with William McGregor credited as doing the This World scenes meaning world's, Will's world, our world, you know what I mean. That's not what I'm actually excited about. Well, I'm excited to watch the episode because I'm always excited to watch an episode of His Dark Materials. I can't say that my commentary as we go along is as exciting as it maybe should be, but I'm very excited because after this, then we're going to have our contest not this particular episode. We're going to be coming out next week with that, which means that there's still time for you to enter. I have three Funko Pops. I have a Lord Azrael. I have a Mrs. Coulter. And I have a Lee Scoresby. They come with their demons, these Funko Pop dolls. And I'm going to give all three of them away in a drawing next week. How do you become part of that drawing? Well, I'm going to tell you. It's pretty easy. Just submit a three-word description of any Season 1 episode by July 16th, 2021. Now, that means there's not much time left. In fact, you could even count it in hours. Probably a little more than 96 hours is all you have left by the time you're hearing this podcast. So you need to get on it. And coming up with a three-word description of an episode isn't tough. You can just pick a three-word description even of your favorite scene from an episode. But all you have to do is tweet at the Dust Podcast, the Dust Podcast on Twitter. Or you can send emails to dustpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call 314-269-0421 and leave a voicemail. Any of those ways to enter will get you entered into this contest. Another way that will get you entered into this contest, and if you've already left a written review on a podcast app for us, then you're already entered. You don't have to do anything else. You can just sit there and wait to be chosen because we don't have a whole lot of reviews and we haven't gotten a lot of feedback for these rewatch podcasts. So your chances are good to win. Three in right now, less than 20. That's a pretty good shot. But if any of you out there haven't submitted anything yet, a written review on a podcast app that you choose, or a three-word description of a season one episode, then you better get in now while the odds are still really good. Again, tweet the Dust Podcast at the Dust Podcast. Send emails to dustpodcast at gmail.com. There's no the in our email address. Or call 314-269-0421 and leave a voicemail. I know that's not a popular thing to do. Just in case you don't feel like remembering all of that other stuff and it's easier for you to remember phone numbers, that's why I provide that. So next week we will have our big feedback contest episode. And if you have submitted a three-word description or a written review, then you will be entered. And I will do the drawing on Sunday morning and release the podcast Sunday evening. I will not contact the winners. That's why it's important to spread the word, to listen to that podcast so that you know that you're a winner and then can contact me appropriately to let me know that you're a winner so that I can get you your Funko Pops, your Lord Azrael, your Mrs. Coulter, your Lee Scoresby. They're waiting for you to win them. They need a home. All right, so we're going to be watching Season 1, Episode 8, Betrayal. Gave you all the info earlier. I watch these on HBO Max, and we're all hit play together, and then I commentate, sort of. I kind of just act like a real annoying fan. I don't give you any 
kind of useful information. I just kind of feel all the feels with you usually when we watch these. It's pretty pedestrian, but it can be fun. You can talk back at me. I won't hear you, but you can talk back at me. You can tell me to shut up. I won't hear you and I'll keep talking, but it's still kind of fun. Anyway, whatever medium you're watching this episode with, we're going to be starting at the dark screen right before the action hits on HBO Max, which is where I watch it. It is at the 1 minute 22 second mark for this episode. 1 minute 22 gets you into the episode where I will be starting. I'll give us a countdown here in a second. You know, we'll go 3, 2, 1, play. We'll all hit play together. And then you'll listen to me commentate. And if you ever have any feedback about what I'm saying, or maybe I'm not saying enough, or maybe I'm saying too much, send it to me. I want to include it in the feedback podcast coming up next week. And be sure to send me your three words description of this episode or any season one episode or leave a written review. And you are entered to win one of our Funko Pops. Anyway, I'll let you get a chance to set up, go past all the logos, past all the previews or whatever, get to the dark screen right before the action starts for this episode, season one, episode eight. Don't let the logos get in your way or anything, or you'll be behind me. Don't skip into where stuff's already happening in the episode, or you'll be ahead of me. And if you're on HBO Max, an easy way to do it is just be at 1 minute 22 seconds. I'll give you a few seconds to set up. Okay, you've been given a few seconds. If you haven't set up yet, pause now, because I'm about to give the countdown. We're going to start at the 122 mark on HBO Max or at the black screen and any other medium right before the action starts. Airships will be coming up next. So just remember that we're at that black screen right before they come up. Here we go. We're going to go three, two, one, play. The wind is howling and an airship is whirling, according to the captions. And there's lots of guns. And there's a pep talk going on. Ah, there's there's a bird demon. I saw one demon in that shot. And it was a bird. Miss Coulter's got a gun. I would say Janie's got a gun, but that's not her name. Her name's Marissa. Marissa's got a gun. Pretty lights. As she looks out the window. And I guess he's looking out the window too, where he's done all of his calculations. You do all this calculation, I guess it depends on the Aurora, according to what Asriel thinks. If he only knew that there was a knife, right? If he only knew that he didn't have to go to all this trouble, he wouldn't have to kill an innocent boy. Funko Asriel, come here. How do you justify what you're about to do to poor Roger? It is my destiny. No, it's not. Your intentions are good, but you know what that paves the road to. Opening credits. Here we go. I'm just going to let you listen to Mr. Balfe's theme and watch the pretties. I will say that one thing that's really amazing about that bridge is that it goes very far away from where the home key is, and he manages to work it so it gets back there. Pretty cool.
Man, that's a cool place. I'd like to live there. No, here comes Lyra. Now trying to connect with her father rather than just her uncle. Or she's snooping. Jamie Childs gets the director credits in the episode. William McGregor does not. Oh, a pan shot. Not enough of those in season one, according to many fans I've talked to. The Hey Dad smile that he doesn't really want to deal with. Although he is relieved that Here it comes. Now he knows he's not in control anymore. He was doing it to protect you, Lyra. And because he's mean and selfish. Some interesting music there. Ah, that's a good joke, Lyra. I like that one. A little bit too uncomfortable for him. Yep. Silver Tongue feels like her name. She's going to give him the alethiometer. Hmm. I forget, did he leave the alethiometer with the master when he left her? Makes a little more sense now. You don't need an alethiometer to talk to angels if you're going to go talk to them yourself, face to face. She's just looking for an excuse to be mad at him for not being a dad. And he's actually doing this to keep her from going with him, right? Now, Mrs. Coulter, uh, that's a good demonstration of how the demons affect the way, uh, you know, when you're hurting them, you hurt yourself. We've talked about that before, but 
more of her self-abuse coming out there because of her past. Poor girl. Firepower and belief. That doesn't sound familiar at all, does it? Hmm. Ezrael is unto a truth that will make the magisterium very uncomfortable. Ooh. Her passability. Well, that's true. No one can claim to be without sin. Here's where Miss Coulter gets back into control. It's not lust or greed. She just about went all the halfway through listing all the seven seven deadlies there. Of that little tinge of the Mrs. Coulter theme as she was talking to him. Here we go. The setup for the knife in the tower. Guarded by angels. Or surrounded by angels. Yep. Did the gods say... That's where Boreal realizes how important Will is. A little bit of Boreal's theme there. Moving back to the north. Frau Pavel stuck there reading the alethiometer in books. Laurel. Israel wouldn't even know what a toothbrush is, would he? He's going to fight the authority. As he outlined in his little speech to the angels at the end of season two. Well, the whole reason he knows that she'll follow him. That's why he doesn't want... It's why he's got to slip away. Plus, you know... Plus, I'm about to kill her friend. Not good for a father-daughter relationship. 
A very sad version of Lyra's happy theme. What's up with that? Or Lyra, she's heartbroken. And the demon walking backwards, too. Bathtub etiquette. First foreshadowed with Mrs. Coulter and Lyra earlier in the season. Yeah, Roger, that's because you're about to be baked, buddy. Poor Lyra. Didn't go the way she'd hoped. Did Roger have a choice getting to know his parents? See, the way they do those kinds of things with the demons, sometimes... They don't say anything, yet other humans can understand them, and then times we can't. And I don't know if he's Pan's just making a noise there, or if he's saying something and we're just not supposed to understand what he's saying, even though the meaning was implied. Hmm... Our favorite criminal cop. That's a double C. Yeah, hang on. He's going to help you out in season two to get to Lyra. Look for the kid. Yeah, the power of the police. Police power, double P. It's another interesting aspect is how 
when humans interact, their demons interact accordingly also. Family drama stuff. I guess what it does help to do, I mean, of course, we feel for Lyra because, you know, her parents aren't the best. But I guess a lot of this sets up the fact that since we haven't seen Roger hardly at all this season, it sets up the fact that she trusts him with her secrets. They're cute. Roger needs hugs a lot. Their little tent fort, that's cute. Now the Aurora is really coming out. That's real for the kid. They think dust is sin. And the whole Adam and Eve thing comes back and we know that Lyra is going to be, I guess, the next Eve in some way. Ah, difference between evil and dust. And so, dust is not evil. The Magisterium just made it that way. So now we know what they were cutting the demons for, if you're just playing along for the first time. 
And if you are, then I've already spoiled you about season two with every podcast. But that's what I do. It's a lot of stuff to unpack. They're doing a lot of setting up for season two, aren't they? And all of this talk of the bond between human and demon. And you think about the fact that Pan and Will touched. And you think about the fact that Miss Coulter does what she does to her demon. I guess this was supposed to be all of the answers that we were, for the questions we were asking in season one, Is he actually inviting her to come along with him? I thought he wanted to send her away to protect her. So is he basically saying that he still loves Mrs. Coulter there? She's a product of something extraordinary? Not quite. A couple minutes shy of halfway through the episode. Lots of exposition so far. Your occasional shot of Mrs. Coulter peering out the window of a Magisterium airship. Hmm. Back to Boreal. That's a double B. Why does he just stay in his car? He's got a house right around the corner. I mean, he made it, he implied that he'd had that house for a while when he was talking to Mrs. Coulter in season two, right? So why not go in there and lay in a bed? More Boreal's theme there as Will's riding around on the bus.
Roger's not there. And she's put it all together. And that is the betrayal, ladies and gentlemen. She gave Roger up. There's York's theme. And there go the bears. Not enough shots of Stelmaria. Never are. But that was a good one. And here comes the Magisterium 2. Azriel's lab. I love how they do those scenes where there's big music build up and then somebody busts open the door and it just drops off. Now, does Mrs. Coulter really think there's traps everywhere? Or does she just want a chance to look at everything by herself? I think that's probably the case. Here's all the formulas for the energy needed. Here's a misdirection. McPhail is so in the dark. No, she's not. She's got a gun. She puts it that way, but she does have fear of that. It's obvious when she finds out that Lyra is Eve.
Trying to play Azrael against Thorold. But she has given him a break. I remember how uh, she came to see him in the season two in the cell. Trying to figure out what was going on with Lyra. Or he said something and it tripped her off. Will. You're not going to stay very noticeable. Unnoticeable that way. Pardon me. all suspicious he's trying to hide from the cops because he's a murderer according to the alethiometer he's a killer now he's on the run like he's a killer that's for sure a little bit of a kind of a theme for will here it's not much of a theme, though. It got us through season one. I'm glad him and Lyra got a theme in season two. Lots of bears. She's going to see the lights, right? Yeah. Here's the lights. That's also going to tip off the balloons. And then bears and balloons will fight. That's a double B. It's a bear balloon battle. That's a triple B. That's a great harmonization of Mrs. Coulter's theme right there. When she, right before she ordered the attack. Now it's of course. We get all kinds of stuff going on now. And now you've got the full out Mrs. Coulter theme. And they've all got bird demons. Thank goodness. Because otherwise... Unless they were little demons that could hide in the pockets of paratroopers. That would not be good for paratroopers or demons. Oh. Oh, it's not never good to see a bear fall like that. Ouch. And that was a loud thing that made her ears ring. Mm. Uh, some of this stuff looks great some of it not so great first season though they did pretty good You never know how much money they're going to... Oh, Stelmaria. Stelmaria. 
with Sal in Stelmari's mouth. That's so sad. Poor Roger all caged up. That's as far as he can go. Lyra, York's going to have to leave her on her own. Oh, last little bear hug, a literal bear hug. Yeah, I'm full of wonderful wit today, aren't I? You can do it, Lyra. Now, see, I don't do well with heights, so I would be crawling on that bridge. I would not be walking across on my two feet, depending on my balance. See? See, just crawl. Just crawl, Lyra. You're not too wide to crawl. Just crawl. I don't understand why he couldn't go across, to be perfectly honest. Just so we could have a little more tension. There, you made it. Bye, York. Yeah, that's how he justifies it in war. There are casualties. Mean. Lord Azrael's mean. I'm looking at this Funko Pop of Lord Azrael right now. I'm just going to say mean. You can do it, Lyra. You can. You can climb. Don't go too far. Pan, remember what kind of trouble it causes in season two when she's in a car and you get too far away from her. Looks like Ball Vanger, that'll get her moving. And she is. Lyra will never forgive you, brother. Do the ends justify the means? He's having to do this so slowly. No wonder it kills the poor kid. I guess without the energy, I mean, I guess he's got to kill him to get the energy release. It's not like what they're doing at Ballvanger in that way. Surprised that energy didn't kill her. There you go. There's your hole in the sky. 
your hole in the world right there. And that's no good, is it? Poor Roger. Now everybody in the Magisterium is freaking out. And even York's seeing it. Lyra, of course, is out cold. She missed the fireworks. Yes, here's my plan. I'm going to end the magisterium. I'm going to kill God, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they kind of need to kill the authority. So she's still kind of devout, obviously, even all the way through season two, because she's trying to save Lyra from her fate. So she doesn't quite see this. I mean, she understands the science, but she doesn't see the purpose of it. Uh, what is that far more dangerous power, Azrael? New Republic of Heaven. Oh, look at those demons. They're hanging out. She did want to change the world. I am confused. Now, that's a very good mother thing to say. She gave up all of that ambition. Or Lyra. Except, in another season, we'll see her basking in that sun from another world, won't we? 
Good music there. That's more of that music that he was going underneath him when he was talking to the angels. Love that stuff. I don't have a name for that theme, really. But it's really nice. Will's on the run. Quick duck in there. So is the cat that he follows in here that is that the cat that they're attacking into Takase, I guess? Yep. But we haven't seen the cat yet. Oh, poor Lyra. Oh, Roger's got a little tear, a little frozen tear. If Mrs. Coulter only knew that Lyra was that close. Surprised the monkey didn't scope it out. Scopes everything else out. So you got two desperate kids. Both with holes in the world. Very near them. Now, the weird thing is, is that we saw that light going straight up to the sky. Then we saw it come down and it makes this door, right? But then when we see there, you know, at the beginning of season two, we see the Magisterium with their subs and what have you. And it looks like the light's shooting just straight back up into the sky again. And when Lee Scoresby goes in his balloon with John Perry, Jean Perry. Lyra. So, at the end of season two, Roger's calling to her, and she's asleep, and she sees him. So, is it his ghost? Is that what we're seeing at the end of season two for you non book people? And there you go. Pan just outlined the whole thing. Protecting dust. That's what the angels are. That's what... Who is no longer with you. Always been alone, apart from Roger. Who's no longer with you. Oh, it's very, very sad.
you guys hear that music? You recognize that music from season two? I am just now realizing that Will and Lyra's theme was just played right there. Huh. How did I not catch that once I saw season two? Hey, I'm a numbskull. Now here's the main theme. It's a very nice piano accompaniment. Sorry, didn't mean to hum along. But that, yep, that's definitely the main theme. Just done in a totally different way. Very pretty. Yeah, sure, Will. Why not? Follow the kitty. There's the bridge to the main theme. Visuals are pretty cool. Although I'm not really sold at this end bit with Lyra with the, the light. That seems a little weird. A little long. When he just kind of passes right through. Really beautiful version of that bridge though. And they both plunge in. No chance that they're possibly going to meet in season two, is there? There's the city in the sky. One last time. Yes, that's where we're headed. Lovely episode. Sad episode. I know, my commentary was really riveting, I'm sure. But, you can be riveted by winning a His Dark Materials Funko Pop, a Lord Azrael, or maybe a Mrs. Coulter, or maybe a Lee Scoresby. I'm giving all three away in one week's time. But you have less than that to enter. You enter by leaving a written review on a podcast app of your choice. If you go to mattsaudioblog.com, M-A-T-T-S audioblog.com, you can find links to podcast apps or podcast app pages where you can leave a written review. I really appreciate those. I'd like to share a few of those in our feedback podcast next week. So that's one way to enter. And folks, doing that enters you for every contest that I do. When anytime I give away stuff, if you leave a written review, you're entered from now to the end of time or the end of me doing contests. If you want to get involved specifically in this contest and you don't want to leave a written review or the app that you use doesn't allow you to leave a written review, sorry about that, that's not my choice, then you can submit a three-word description of uh, this episode. How would you describe this episode in three words? This is a game that we play that I drive Holly crazy with, and I always come up with cheesy ones. But we get great submissions of those when the show is running live, so I don't understand why you won't submit me something that you've already seen before, something that you know so well that you should be able to distill it down into three words, even if it's just about a particular scene of a particular episode. Three words. That's your task. The announcer is going to tell you how to submit those three words to me here shortly. And remember, you only have until Friday, July 16, to submit 
three words, or to leave a written review in order to win one of these Funko Pops. So do it now. Don't don't wait. Don't delay. I'm not a very good used car salesman, so I don't know how to pressure you. But, you know, just do it. And I'll be back next week with our feedback and our contest. Take care. Tweet the podcast at The Dust Podcast. Send emails to dustpodcast at gmail.com or call 314-269-0421. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Part of Double P Media, doublepmedia.com.